Everybody, welcome to the FilmReview.com podcast. I am your host, uh, FilmReview.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, uh, we're doing the intern. We were going to do Everest at one point. So if yeah. you listened last week, we might have sold Everest. Uh, what's coming up? Pop quiz. Uh, New movie today. Right. right. Uh, you know what happened uh, for us was just uh, looked like. Everest was not going to do that well. And yeah. that turned out to actually be the case. So yeah. there you go. Uh, I, I'm still really interested in Everest, though, although yeah. I'm also a little nervous about it, especially now that uh, critics are not loving it as much as I would kind of expect. With the people who are in it, you would think that with what it is and who's in it, that critics would kind of give it a break. Yeah. And right. not that everyone has universally hated it or anything, but they're just not being as nice to it yeah. as I thought they would be. So, and, and the, strangely, even now after having seen it, but I feel like it's given us a lot, whether we will or we actually will get to it. I feel like it's given us a lot to talk about. Right. Like across the board of just all kinds of stuff in the yeah, film. Yeah, very oddly, oh. actually, because in a, in a way, it's sort of like a non-rom-com yeah. kind of. It's, it's it's very romantic comedy. It's, it's put together it's like it's yeah, it's put together like it's a rom com, but it's obviously not because it's not going to be the Anne Hathaway Robert right. De Niro she, love story well, or anything. It, you know, this doesn't give anything away terribly, but it, it strangely is and isn't like she does fall in love with him, right? But right. not like that, right? Like like a pseudo father figure. But it kind is of this kind of it, it goes through the steps. It's got like the same outline. I, kind I was going to yeah. say one of my first thoughts about the film was that it's very romantic comedy without like the real romance. Like right. there's a platonic romance there, but it actually and that's why it feels like it because it just it does it. Right. So it's really weird. Right. It's a it's a weird kind of setup. Um, before we get to that, we're not. Uh, I decided based on emails, emails to uh, take a take a break from the news. Uh, you know, nothing jumps out at me as like huge news this week anyway. News anyway. Um, but we did get a couple of people email us and want to get like a glimpse of what's coming up because we do that right. once, once in a while too. So, yeah. um, and it's a pretty interesting time. And it's funny because we've been uh, spent a couple of weeks kind of bagging on the movie industry and what they will not put out right now. Right. And so there's like no big things. And obviously, once it's November, yeah, November when all the big like oscar Beatty, right. whatever right. uh things come out i love it and now it's uh just about to be october right and there That's is so a very weird i think uh massive amount of stuff coming out in october the whole month of yeah. october really kind of bizarrely packed like you would think that maybe a couple of these movies would have come out a little earlier. I don't remember because they yeah. could have they could have crushed yep. uh, whatever that weekend is. But you know the money people said that weekend's not big enough no matter what happens. Right. So we and don't, don't want so we don't want to do it. I, I'm a lover of horror films, horror in October no matter what because obviously Halloween. But I don't remember last October being like this October. No, maybe you, two years ago. You was, know, I doubt it. But this one, you're right. This one's pretty it, stacked up. It's kind of weird, even for Halloween and scary movies. Yeah, because it does seem like there's this kind of wave, like a couple of years or whatever it is, every two or three years maybe, where 
you'll get a Halloween where it seems like no one cares that it's Halloween right. at all. There's right. no scary movies. There's no nothing. Maybe if you're lucky, you get yeah. like Hotel Transylvania, something, yeah. something that's at least got the theme of Halloween and scariness right. or whatever. And then it's like everyone woke up and went, oh, yeah, Halloween's right. a thing. Yeah. Right. Let's put out a bunch of scary movies. Yeah. So. Um, th- they're not necessarily all scary. Like, I mean, Goosebumps comes right, out, but right. when's that going to come out other than Halloween? Right. I mean, if you make that movie and it comes out some other time, you're 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 you lost, right? Anyway, we're going to run through uh, some stuff coming up. So October second is obviously ginormous, The Martian, right. and uh, everybody knows everything about that movie already. Yep. So, um, I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm in an odd place with that movie. Yeah. It's almost like I've seen too much of it now. They keep yeah. coming out with new TV yeah. spots, new featurettes. They've got, uh, they, they come out with, um, uh, what's his name? Neil deGrasse Tyson does this right. like fake yeah. uh, show from the future right. or whatever, where it's uh, as though he's just doing a, a PBS show like, on space or something. Not, yeah. And then talking about it. And then it's like, it's just one thing after right. another, like the marketing on that movie is yeah. insane. So it's like you, you like overexposed a little bit. I mean, it yeah. just keeps going and going and going. And then by the time you see the movie, that's one of those ones where I'm nervous that by the time there's all hype, when you actually get to the movie, maybe it's really good. Right. But it's not going to seem as good as right. it is right. because you're so hyped for it and they keep selling it and selling it. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but uh the same October second is uh Sicario's coming out with yep. uh Emily Blunt. That's really wide release. It's already out some places and uh it, it, it amazingly hit two weeks ago in six theaters right. and uh broke the year record for uh per screen right. money. Which is which is bizarre. It was only at six places and it made like half a million dollars. Yeah, which is just insane. So all that a, does amount of is money make me excited for it beyond what I am already. Strangely, that might be one of the. I mean, there's a short list of just like a list. You love lists. There's probably you know I could fill ten of the films I'm most excited to see all year. Strangely, this is on it. Right. Because the director Dennis, uh, Villeneuve, Villeneuve. I'm sorry, Dennis, that guy. Right. Did one of my favorite films in the last many, many years with Prisoners. Right. And I, I you know, he basically punched a ticket for me. I'll go see anything he does. And and he that. and he so makes that. um he made something else recently too. Uh yeah. Um, beyond Prisoners. But he does really yeah, great characters. Um, yeah. he he like sells you the character right. really well. And in a movie like this, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, all for it. And it's it's uh, right after it did that two weeks ago, they uh, started working on the sequel. Now yeah. well, they're they're already going to make a sequel. It hadn't even been released, right. really. Yeah. And and they're starting to work on the like, sequel, which is going to, uh, I guess, focus mainly on Benicio del Toro's character. God, you ruined so it. spoiler, he doesn't yeah. die right. in the first movie. Right. Well, <laughs> the prequel, which I thought was funny because they. <laughs> They put him in a lot of jeopardy. There, and, there's a lot of stuff going on where yeah. if you watch the trailers of this movie, it's like everyone might die. Know. You don't know what's yeah. going on. It's it's like insane. And then yeah. they go, oh, well, we're going to do a sequel now. Yeah. And this character will be in it. Yeah. Oh, well, all, right. all right. So when he's in a lot of danger, in this movie, yeah. don't have to worry. 
anyway, that one looks really good. And uh, then also October 2nd is Free Held. Uh-huh. Uh, Julianne Moore, Ellen Page, Steve Carell, Michael Shannon. Uh, really awesome cast for a movie. And it's the uh, true-ish story of what happened to this real person. And it was it's like the lesbian trying to get her partner to be able to, uh, I guess, collect her her uh, life insurance or something when she dies and she's got cancer, I think. Yeah. And, you know, they're uh, together for a long time. You know, whatever it's, it's the, it's the same story. It's just that that was one, that was a story. It's not a story so much that is unique in any way. It's all over the place. It's just that that was the people who got a lot of attention at the time and got like media exposure and the whole thing. Yeah. So it actually did, and uh, supposedly Ellen Page is great in it. So right. not that any of those other people are not going to be good in it, right. but she's supposedly really, really good. Um, so then on October 9th, we got Pan, right, which looks completely crazy. I don't know if it's good, but it looks completely crazy. Yeah. And flying ships and insane visuals i mean it it almost if it's as good as it appears it will be fantastic yeah if it isn't and it's like treasure island or something really horrible right, right. then that's going to be a very long because that also looks like it, a five it, hour it looks awesome and it's got a lot of really good people in it yeah. and it's a weird like prequel actually to peter pan right. Right. so it's uh captain hook is not a bad guy and i mean i'm sure which is a nice everyone's I mean, seen see that tons the trailer. of trailer right that's a nice spin. I'm not sure if I'm going to buy when we get to the end of the movie that actually leads to Peter Pan right. in a, in a we'll true like prequel way. But we'll see. Then we've got uh, Knock Knock, which is uh, Keanu Reeves. Uh, it's an oh, e- yeah. Eli Roth yeah. movie, and right. it looks just fantastically stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it, looks, yeah. it looks like just about the dumbest thing you could ever imagine. Right. But it's one of those movies, really, where uh, Eli Roth gets a lot of money and kind of a lot of fame by making the movies that you just have to make every once in a while because, you know, college kids are going to go see it and whatever. I mean, and they they spend ticket money. Yep. And there you go. But Keanu Reeves uh, lets these two girls use the phone during a storm when his wife and kids are out of town and they they basically just take their clothes off in front of him right, and, right. and he has sex with them and then they leave. And then now they come back to, uh, they like kidnap him. They like capture him, whatever they break into his house and yeah. then it's, and then it's torture and running and who knows? A lot of, I mean, crazy. Eli Roth, yeah. Um, then we've got that same week still the walk with, uh, just Gordon Levitt. Doing the whole Twin Towers high wire thing, right. which I, I guess if you feel like you can spin a whole movie out of that and make it really interesting, maybe you can. I don't yeah. know. Uh, you know, I, I like Joseph Gordon Levitt a lot. I feel like the idea is really grabbing at straws. Like you just are desperate to make uh-huh. this movie, but is there really a movie there? Right. I don't know. Um, so then that's not even like, like the big part of the, right. <laughs> which is insane, but. Then, uh, then you go to the 16th. You've got Crimson Peak. Yeah. So you've got uh, Guillermo del Toro, and it's got a lot of people in it. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Chastain, to Tom this. Hiddleston, Mia Wasikowski. Yeah. And more and more. 
part. It's tons of people. I don't think uh, most of them are in it in a big, big way, but right. it's got tons of names that you know, and it's, uh, you know, freaky, scary, house, whatever. Yeah, Toro. So Right. So what else do you need to know? It yeah. looks really good. It looks really spooky. It looks really good. I don't know if this, I don't know if the story or what happens, it's supposed to be creepy and scary necessarily right. is going to work out, but it might it looks like awesome. Uh, He's another guy that oh, I'll see scene setting kind of yeah. uh, thing. Yeah. yeah, looks really good. Then you've got uh, Room actually gets a fairly wide release. It's uh, oh, right. it's Brie Larson. It was uh, Matt at uh, Toronto International yeah. Film Festival, and it's uh, the girl. It's two girls. Um, Brie Larson's like the older girl, and there's a younger girl. They were both kidnapped and have been living in this right. room forever and Kimmy Schmidt. and Brie kind of and Brie with the yeah. idea to uh, get them to be able to escape but they've been there forever right. the littler girl does not even really know anything of well, the outside world. world at all right. and uh, you know it's been getting rave reviews and looks really interesting kind of you know I don't know there's only so much you might want to watch about right. the creepy kidnap movie and yeah. who knows, but, uh, but everybody loves it. And uh, then also on the 16th goosebumps uh-huh. with Jack black looks pretty fun. Yeah. Actually uh, bridge of spies, uh, Tom Hanna, and it's, uh, it's kind of like Argo too. Right. <laughs> In a way yeah. it's the, uh, a lawyer gets recruited to try and save somebody from Russia. I don't yeah. know. And that's one of the, I mean, that's a strange one that, I mean, I thought Steven Spielberg only released movies in like July. Right. Like this is a Steve, this is the new Steven Spielberg film. Right. Not, not like a producer. He directed this one. Right. So this but is it's, huge, uh, but yeah, it's just like, we'll it's, throw it out. Just and and it's in the middle of a bunch of stuff and it's yeah. kind of strange. It's and then also the same week, because apparently October 16th is like, that's the week drama, yeah. weird, whatever, because that's when truth is actually. So you've got uh, oh, Redford Robert one. Redford yeah. is Dan Rather yep. in uh, 2004 with the whole Bush uh, right. and his and his military yeah, record service and everything. Service, yeah. And uh, Kate Blanchett's in it. Elizabeth Moss is in it. And it's the whole theoretical backlash, backlash or the who knows what it is. And it's uh, I don't know. I guess you'd think Dan Rather would have some comment on it in reality. Yeah. But, no. Um, but it's the story of, uh, I guess, the government and the news butting heads right. about what they were or were not going to be able to do about them. Yeah. And then you get to, okay, the 23rd, and we should move on to the movie pretty soon. But still, uh, we're almost on the time. The 23rd, we got Steve Jobs. Yeah, I love how it's on time. We're just like because like somebody late. wrote us an email once. Like, you guys always <laughs> do it 15 minutes in. Now we're getting close. Um, the 23rd is Steve yeah, the Jobs. Jobs. Um, which I'm 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 curious. That thing's got all I'm kinds of semi curious. I, I don't I'm know. not curious about the content. I, I mean, between the book and all the TV coverage and all the you know Macintosh news, you know, there's not much about Steve Jobs that the general person doesn't know anymore. But I'm curious about Fastbender. I want to see the performance. I want to see you know. You know the the, the thing that I think is interesting about it, and uh, you know, I don't know. Be, at the same time, there's like this documentary of Steve Jobs. Right. And you know, I don't know if that like just got released too or I think it's so. coming up pretty soon. I don't I don't know. I didn't watch it, but right. yeah. But I, 
I watched lots of parts of it and lots uh-huh. of trailers of it. And I think it, it'll be interesting to see what the Steve Jobs movie does with the basic idea that he's really just a giant asshole. And because I think it's weird that he's so famous and everybody loves him so much. Yeah. And all things come out, all the, the more and more popular he got, the more and more people would say, well, this is what it's really like. Right. And he's a complete jerk. Right. And no one would ever care. Yeah, like like it never it never did it, any damage to him at all. No, it never. It, you know, it, it only it only bolstered his God love. It, it never know, it him. never hurt Apple. It never yeah. hurt anything. Uh, no matter what anyone would right. say about. In fact, it almost like supported like him. It, people would be like, he's not pleasant. He's actually very well blunt and sometimes cruel. And they're like, yeah. I love my iPhone. Yeah, I know. Exactly. It's like I can get it in turquoise. But this it's is awesome. But you know, right. It, it, who cares? But this you is my candy. Right. Yeah. Whatever. No, um, anyway. It's uh anyway, then we got the last witch hunter, which is uh Vin Diesel, Elijah Wood, a lot of people in that one actually. Yeah. And uh it looks it looks bizarre and that'll be an interesting one for me to see what that does with um similar movies that have come out in the past. Yeah. At least kind of similar movies anyway. And how much everyone has been fine with not liking those movies right. and what this one will do differently because Vin Diesel's in it. Right. If people will just go, but it's okay now right. because Vin right. Diesel's in it. I don't know. Then that same week, Suffragette with Carrie Mulligan, Mary, Meryl Streep, Helen Bottom Carter, the whole, you know, the women's vote and everything. Movie. And yep. I mean, it's kind of in the title of what that movie's about. Right. So. That one's supposedly really good too. I wonder what will happen when that comes out with its kind of built-in PC protection from yeah. people not liking it. Right? You know, it's like right. you can't review it or you're afraid it, be, it could be terrible, but no one, no one will say it right. because then right. uh, or half the people will hate right. you at right. least. Yeah. Um, and then burnt with Bradley Cooper, he's. Yeah. Uh, playing kind of like a weird drugs or something yeah. and turned into a kind of real crazy person and had no job. And now he's trying to find his way back. All back. But he's, uh, yeah. he's kind of this Gordon Ramsay ish, yeah. uh, superstar chef who's obnoxious and loud and mean right. to people and whatever. Yeah. I don't know. And, uh, then, uh, the one that you can't forget is uh gem and the holograms. Right. It's coming out on the 23rd with Juliet Lewis. Aubrey Peoples is gem. That is the weirdest marketing movie that I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, because a year ago they were marketing the hell out of that movie. And then in March they were, look, it's coming. And right. They, there was, it was all over the place. Right. And the closer it gets to actually releasing, everyone goes, well, okay, yeah, it's still coming out. But. Yeah. <laughs> like now, right. Now they don't want to sell it to you anymore. Yeah. Uh, maybe some people will show up. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like there was, you know, like a year ago, there was some kind of like 80s toy revival. Yeah. So it was like a big thing. And, ev- thing. and everyone said, hey, and jump on that. And, and, and here's this movie. Right. Now it's over. Right. And they're hoping to maybe they get their money back. Or, yeah. And uh, Rock the Casbah. With right. uh, Bill so Murray, uh, Zoe Deschanel's in it, but not actually for very long. Yeah. Kate Hudson, and Bill Murray goes—I don't even know where he goes. <laughs> he goes yeah. somewhere. Who knows? He's a, a talent agent. Uh, Zoe Deschanel plays the only person he's the agent of left. Right. 
right? And like a USO kind of tour of somewhere, and he ends up getting stranded there. Yeah. And hilarity ensues, I don't know, in only the way that Bill Murray can probably make right. it ensue. Yeah. And he finds Great. someone there that he did. Right. So, right. so that looks good. And then finally on the 30th of October, yeah, our brand is Crisis with Sandra Bullock and Billy Bob Thornton, which oh, I, I feel that. like looks really horrible. Yeah. But that's why I forgot um, <clears throat> Yeah. They, they both play kind of battling – Uh, they're like right. they like take over campaigns yeah. and run campaigns. That's gonna be fun. And um, no. and, and it's weird because it's you know I don't remember the story, but it's, it's in some like it's in some Latin American country. Yeah. I'm not. I feel like it, I want to say Bolivia, but that could be wrong. But it's it's supposedly yeah. like a real thing that happened. Right. When okay. there was this presidential race in I feel, I'm gonna say Bolivia. Okay. Whether it's Bolivia yeah, or that's not. That's where we've got it now. There's a, there's a big presidential race going on, and it could change the lives of whoever. And then, right. but the whole thing is that these campaign manager people who, uh, these two, Sandra Bullock and Billy Bob Thornton, who are, are big, famous campaign managers, they've gone up against each other several times before right. in the United States. And now, suddenly, this is a big deal. So they hire them and their whole thing right is that they don't really care about anything they only care about making this person win right right? they don't care if he's really a good person who should matter it's just it's just a job and you just make them win your job is not to uh, like them or try to work for the person you think is really going to be a good person like being and then and then it turns out that uh, sandra bullock learns that maybe there's more to this race than you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. They always have revelations. Yeah. It it looks a little wild. Conflict of conscience. Of course. And except for Billy Bob Thornton, who does not. Yeah. Because he's. Billy Bob's cornered the market of being no, unconscionable. That's right. He he knows what his job is. And, right. Yeah. And he and he's going to do it. Yeah. Right. That's why Billy Bob. All right. Anyway, so tons of stuff coming up in October. And hey, I'm I don't, looking forward I don't to know. How, that, I don't know how actually. your average person yeah. is going to pick no, what either. the uh, they're That's not we're, everything right? we're here for the average person we're here to tell them but you know the problem with that is we can't even tell them because i mean look at the 16th because right they, you know i want to i want to tell them to see crimson peak yep. and bridge of spies and yep. you know maybe truth if they're into that sort of thing yep. i don't know that truth is something that you just sell to everyone right other story oh, I mean, not, not a lot of people that, that's are, a niche market right there are into that but then you know, I don't know. Then you got the 23rd and you got Steve Jobs and Suffragette and Burnt and Rock the Casbah. And That's, you can't go to all of them. In, we're going to try. Anyway. Yeah, but most, most people, no, I know. if they go to I one, and what's, if the, that, what's the one movie that, you see? Yeah, and then everyone's going to see The Martian. That doesn't even count because right. you have to go see that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like not seeing Avatar or right. something, right? Right. Or, or when, way, or when no, Star right. Wars comes out. Actually, you're like, right. Avatar is a really good one. In a way, it is. Because Star Wars is like the trump of all of them, you know, at Christmas time. But this one, even though I've stopped watching the spots, mostly because of what you were saying earlier, they're showing so many new things. Uh, there's no surprises in, in the story for me unless they've changed it. I read the book. Right. So I, I know what's supposed to happen. In it, and I guess it's supposed to be fairly like the book. So they're not going to. Uh, surprise me, right? Yet the stuff that happens in Guatney 
it'd be kind of cool to see in the moment how they're going to translate of, that of into, between right. you know fast food ads or right. you know right. I, I don't want to see everything in a snippet i thought the first the first trailer they they put out was effective and good and it's you know and, and good but never, never ends. it's getting to be so like watch it it's now. getting to be like the new hunger games movie yeah, which right. has more marketing than well, yeah you can imagine and uh-huh. i'm like going why right it's, it's like being a coke in. ad Right. Why? Why does Coke still have ads? Right. I don't know. Why does the Hunger Games movie <laughs> still have anything. ads? Right. You know you're going. And you know, so yeah. what's the? Yeah. Anyway, all right. Um, the intern. So Robert De Niro is um, 70 years old. Yep. And he's retired. His uh, wife died three years ago, and he, the movie opens with his little intro spiel, which I thought was pretty well done considering, I really liked it. considering that you have to do something i, I really right? liked it because it turns out that it's not just a narration he's actually a no for this job right you realize as it goes on and on that this is his because he has to upload a video interview because this is the way the world is now right and actually now knowing and you don't have to spend a lot of time realizing this but now all of a sudden like the three or four minutes of doing this it, it's very it's his video it's and it's yeah. and it's put together pretty well yeah and so you know his whole his whole thing going through it is uh, he's 70. He's retired. His right. wife died three years ago. He has no idea what to do with himself. And what does it mean to kind of sit there and be right. retired? Right. Whatever it means. Uh, I'm not sure that he's absolutely clear on what it means, but whatever it means, he doesn't like it. Right. Yeah, I know right. that I don't want it, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And so he, he finds this um, online store that Anne Hathaway started. And as she says in the trailer, and they make sure that you have to know this, uh, right. she started it 18 months ago. Right. And she apparently started it by doing YouTube videos of trying on her clothes right. and telling you how they fit. Yep. And then took uh, off. and then selling those clothes or yep. whatever. And she turned that into this giant place that now has 200 employees, yeah. rents out this whole floor of this uh, gigantic building that uh, her office space that runs this company is all one giant floor. One, yeah. They have a big warehouse somewhere else. So she's raking in the cash, but they have a bunch of investors. And one part of the ultimate problem that we get to is the investors want her to hire somebody else to be the CEO of the company because it's so big, so fast that she obviously not really qualified right. for the job that she has to do now. Right. And, um, and there's the subtle patriarchal kind of hint that you're, right, you're a right, young right. woman and, and, and there's making a lot of money. We don't want to lose. There's, the a, there's a lot of that stuff going, you know, filtered through the thing. So anyway, um, De Niro uh, gets the job. Everybody loves him. Everybody's really young uh, working at the place. And he's obviously 70. Right. And he gets assigned to uh, be Anne Hathaway's personal, personal intern right. or whatever right. that might mean. Right. And, and she wants nothing to do with the idea. Right. She doesn't want, and it's not necessarily just because he's old, although she does mention the fact that she doesn't love yeah. old people or whatever. Right. Mostly because her parents are very weird and whatever. She doesn't uh, especially get along with old people. So she's not into the idea, but also she really never stops moving um, and, and trying to do this, run this company and everything. She, 
I, I don't I don't think ultimately it would make that much difference if he wasn't old. She right. still wouldn't want him. Right. She just doesn't want him to kind of a whole other level now right. that he's older. And uh, eventually, as the story goes on, uh, one thing leads to another, and he kind of worms her way into uh, he he just gets under her skin enough right. that she wants him around, and and then he just kind of becomes like an actual assistant, sort right. of. Right. But she, but then you know. If you can imagine Robert De Niro doing, you know that he becomes her pseudo father. Right. Uh, right. That's going to happen because it's Robert De Niro. Right. And you know, then hilarity ensues. Right. right. He gets in. Right. He gets involved in her family. There are a couple of things that we want to uh, get to a different place. I don't really love how we get there. Yeah. Because uh, really we use some like very simple, quick devices to get there, but why not get there a better way? Like he starts uh, driving her around and we have to get him there because he sees her drinking and then calls him on it and whatever. And, you know, we could have just got there some other way that wasn't like kind of a kooky cheap device. And she drives him around, which gets him involved in her family and right. you know meets her kid meets her husband yeah. then he's just around all the time and then it almost becomes like a role that you feel like should be robin williams because because he's just not that he's like on all the time like robin right. williams but just right. like you know kind of like uh uh you know patches or, or this is doubtfire like when you when you yeah, meet this guy like, when you meet your character ben you, you have no ability to dislike him because he will fix whatever is wrong right with whatever is wrong with your life and it's and it's like his whole gig right it's like he's the nicest guy that ever lived like he's not even a real person he's like nice as like a superpower you know i mean he just he just meets you and goes what's with your life and what can i do to fix it and everything yeah Yeah. and just kind of throwing his uh awfully spry 70 year old you know wisdom at you right and and then running with it and and so Anne Hathaway is in this uh, weird position. So it's kind of doubly odd trying to get involved with her now because it's, she's not bad enough under normal circumstances, right. but now her own, you know, I guess kind of angel investors, whatever she's yeah. got going, they want her to quit her job. <laughs> want her to have boss right. basically even to though she, yeah. even though she started this from nothing and she's right. been in charge of it the whole time yeah. but now it will make them happier whatever right anyway and then you know boom then we're like off to the races so what do you give it uh yeah we did not do that did we yeah. um you know i give just it, trying to gain uh, that yeah i think i know but i'm not sure you know nothing I, <laughs> so the thing with this movie is that uh I I didn't want to like it at a lot of different stages. That's, yeah, there were there were a lot of things that happened. It's it's really weird. We were talking when we walked out of the movie, and I said it it's oddly like the uh, not quite like a guilty pleasure TV show, right. but it's like a TV show that you you like, even though it keeps doing goofy things, and you right. go, well, all right, fine, right. That's that's what you did, and I still like the people like it anyway. I have to give one an eight. Um, oh, you really like that. 
you know, a, a large part of that is I, I did really like it. It's yeah. weird how much I liked it actually, but even beyond how much I liked it, the things that I didn't like, I didn't find they were ultimately that important to me. Right. I, like, I don't like that this happened, but whatever. I mean, you know, it's not it's not Citizen it, Kane. Because, isn't that it's because, not Shakespeare. Well, I don't know. It's Did just you... doing kind of a goofy thing and you go, fine, whatever. But but the big thing was I had to go back to uh trying to think of this in somewhat objective terms of is it is it doing what it's trying to do? Right. And man, it is doing what it's trying to do so sure. well, sure. I think. Yep. Even though, even though there were parts I really didn't like, I really don't like were the ending. More, were you more tolerant of it because you had no expectations for it? Or were you more tolerant of it because what works about it? And ultimately, what this movie is, the chem- for me, what moves the movie is the chemistry and the characters of Jules and Ben. Like they, even though there were times they don't do anything. And then what's really annoying is like what you said, there are times where they do everything so cliched. Like we got to have this, Old person, young person, awkward conversation. Right. How do we do that? Well, let's use Facebook. Okay. I'm gonna right, right. Like that was so panderingly like cliched, but still I kind of rode with it. Right. But I, I rode with it because I didn't have a lot of expectations for the film anyway. No. You know, so that's the answer. But I, because they were great at it. They were really I think I went into this expecting it to be about like maybe if it was lucky, five and a half. That that was pretty much where my switch was going to be like, eh, okay. You know, fine. in, in yeah. a lot of ways, the film reminds me of, and this is really, really, this might sound stretching, but I'm thinking of this. There was a film with George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh yeah, totally disposable of a film. Didn't pad either of their resumes. Didn't break anybody's you know accounts or or records or anything. Not a highly quotable film. You know, there's nothing about this person except it's the kind of thing that you throw on netflix when you're homesick and right or you know you want to watch a film with somebody you know like your mom or your dad because they're over this is it, it comes up in your netflix recommendations right. and you go ah, oh, whatever it, it, right. technically the film is nothing more than an imdb and a paycheck and just thing that put on a resume you know but it isn't anything that breaks career in a lot of ways this is like for me i don't I don't think that they did badly in this at all. I think most of the problems that I have, if not all the problems I have, are with Nancy Meyer's story, you know, with her, her telling story and showing story. Yeah. I was, I don't want to walk out, I was like you, I was smoked it, and I was surprised at how much I was able to forgive. And then there were other things I was just like, this is annoying. Like, you know better. I watched you craft things that were really effective and that you dropped the ball in all these other ways, and it knocked it down down to a seven for me. Yeah. I was probably that's teeter and a half seven. I was trying to think like, do I really like it enough to let it go to seven or am I so irritated at what it did wrong when it didn't have to, to like kind of punish it. And I feel it's like, uh, you know, in a way like an essay where somebody sends something in and you had great ideas, but you just dropped, you, you had all these fragments and you didn't even know what work was. Like if you got the, if you got the semantics right, you'd be all set. Little things, you know, <clears throat> we'll eventually get to the end, and I don't have to talk about that first, but, you know, there's, there's this whole subplot that takes up, and the movie's over two hours long, yeah. and at some point, it certainly felt it's, like it's I, a wasn't, bit long. I wasn't yeah. bored, 
But you take out the 20 minutes of stuff that never gets resolved. And I and I hold it against it, too, about her mother. Like there's this whole weird right. subplot about her mom. And everybody has this fun idea of going in and breaking in and getting her computer to all these things. And it's absolutely unnecessary. And it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't get you anywhere except that I'm not defending like, it or anything. Like a big part of the film, like right. her, her it, problem with her mother over and over again. The the whole story with her mom and talking to her mom all the time, and it's always when she's in the back of the right. car, right. and then she sends the email, and the whole thing is kind of very, um, almost kind of like one of those those movies like uh valentine's day yeah. or or uh what's that christmas one um no nah, i can't remember it's like my wife's uh, favorite movie i know i can't remember the name of it. but you know where they have all the stories and you don't realize that love actually yeah love actually right. like you don't all realize that everyone's connected until yeah. the very end and they all show up and they're all related to each yeah. other and uh you know it has this feeling like that like at some point, we're going to see mom's side of the story right. or something. It's it, it's just well, her mom is going to show up. It's and just going to be weird. Helen Mirren. You know, it's right. going to be, and it will be a character, a person that we know playing a character that we only know through texts. But you're like, oh, I get it. That's why she's like that. Right. Like it's the audience's job to do all the heavy lifting. It was annoying, but it you know it, it, yeah, actually, but it, it doesn't it doesn't get anywhere, and it the whole scene with the computer and the email. Yeah, only kind of exists to be a a weird bit of like comic relief yep. in a movie that doesn't actually need any comic it's relief. So it's so strange. Like and, you're and not you're not yeah. you're not in the middle of any tension that, in the first place, that, that and yet they have to they have to run out in the car. That and, scene is a foil to bring all these characters together, but they're already bonded right. you know, from working in the office. And they already like Ben. They're ben supposed to just hang out more her. and do so, and and it's right. like this whole. Um, the fact that it's the 70 year old who comes right. up with the idea right. of doing this crazy thing. And it was, it was actually really fun the way he came up with the idea. Yeah. And he tells it to her and he just right. goes, well, clearly this is what, this has what to we got to do. It's and just he, like, yeah. as though he were saying, we have to go across the yeah. street and buy coffee. I mean, so, it was just yeah, so like straightforward. Right. So much of the movie for me when it, when it works badly, and this is going to be one where maybe you'll focus more positives. I, you know, I had a lot of fun with the film. I think to talk about are the negatives. And I think it's because I, once I was in it and I saw how charming it could be and how effective it could be, I wanted it to do what it should have been doing right, right all along. Right. You know, there, there are all those things, there are all those things that happen. But, the, you know, before I start, you know, nagging on it, it almost feels in a lot of ways is like what we were just saying when we were running down the upcoming films. Like most people see three or four films a year. And this is like this film for your aunt who only sees two a year. Right. And this is the kind of film she really likes, like a love actually. So she's not going to think that these things are problematic. Because I see over 100 films every year that I think it is. It's just that I'm paying attention. Right. You know, uh, but in paying attention, it sucks because there are a few things that are really sweet. Like, and I don't know if it matters so much, but I, I couldn't help. Maybe much has a couple of real interesting moments. When we first meet Aunt Happy, she's to be like just a telephone jockey. She's just like right. a customer service rep. And she's a customer and a actual company, and that was the best person on the planet to talk to because she's going to fix the problem with the wedding dresses free of charge, on and on. And she says to her, Rachel, uh, you know, enjoy your wedding, have fun, get married. 
And it's not a coincidence that Martin Holmes and Hathaway's Rachel getting married. Right. Like there's a fun end joke there. Later, De Niro is in front of a mirror doing what everybody wants De Niro to do when he's been told to like blink a lot. Right, right, right. doesn't like this. And he uh, does the are you talking to me thing. Like, he, there are these things that are very nuanced and, and very fun in the film if you catch it. Right. And, it, and, and they're all but over it, the place. But, it's mixed, examples, but it's mixed but, in together. It's I, I, think, I, think in. That, I think that scene is really cool. And I thought that was a riot. Helps you scene. sell De Niro a little bit more right. because it's such a goofy thing where he's trying to talk and trying to figure out how much how to many, blink. How many blinks is too weird? Right. And uh, then, yeah. How much is exactly enough right. blinking and he's trying to, and, and for no reason because he's an intern at right. this dumb thing and he's right. 70 years old and he's got better <laughs> shit to worry about, right? Exactly. Except that he does I it anyway. It, and I love when I, started I thought that's great. When I started seeing these in jokes. I was like, man, this is going to be a really fun, like, like a Shrek kind of film. Right. You know, kids will laugh at the obvious stuff, but there are adult jokes in between the lines. You just have to hear them. Right. I I was endeared to it, you know, from that point forward. But you know, stuff that started precipitating for me that was annoying, which is, you know, Nancy Myers is just trying to tell us stuff. And we're supposed to believe it. You know, it's like in some films we've seen, I'm blanking on them, but it's like, you don't believe anybody's really close to somebody except the character goes, you're my best friend. And I'm right. like, I don't believe you. Like we're told early on that, that Ben is going to have a problem with Jules because she's a dictator. She's so difficult to work with. She's not difficult to except work with. She's, except she's, she's, she's busy. She's not. She's, she's just insanely busy. Right. And she's making herself and busy so, for reasons we find out so later. So if she talks to you, right. she might go, no, get it done five right. minutes ago. And if you work in an office, you, you might know. not you might not love that right. and right. whatever. But she's she's not horrible to work with. But I I think that there's even like – a bigger problem for me in that, you know, when they are together, yeah. Like I believe everything that happens. Right. I, I believe that I believe exactly the way that they become very close to each other. And what, as the movie goes on, I believe they're close to each other. I saw them to each other. Right. I don't believe she's married to her husband for a minute. Yeah. Me either. I don't believe that they're married people. All it's like, and they're they're like written as people. they're written by people who've never been married, let alone been a real relationship. Like and, you're, and oh, not, that person, okay, right? And and not, and not only that, the thing that I think was uh, horrible about that is that you learn later how someone thinks you write someone right. who is uh, having a problem in their so they're married and they love each other. But they're kind of on the outs right now because she's gone all the time right. and, you know, all this stuff. So this is what that looks like. Right. And, and yeah. it, it was it was odd. Yeah. It, it was, was kind of canland marriage. What, the first year of the movie, I was like, that's going to end up being her older brother who lives with her to right. help her take care of her kid or right. something. I mean, it was, it was just a weird – it was a weird sell on trying to – in the early part, explain the relationship of the late part yeah. so that, like, you right. saw it before it was a weird kind of wrong. It's interesting in a, in a not shocking way, but in a surprising way because De Niro just pulls up to a brownstone and all of a sudden the, 
the kid that she has and the husband that she has is there waiting. And we're led to believe that she's such a You kind of think that she wasn't, right? It's an effective moment. Not just, I don't know if the casting, but it's certainly the presentation where I thought like you, I'm like, okay, she's got a kid, but that's her gay brother. Right. Or or, or whatever. And right. it's, I'm not fixated. Or just her room. It just, or it, and it's not because the character is effeminate or anything. It just seems like. Right. And, and. There's no like bias there at all, but and and you know they don't really move together, right? Like people, like people who, who are live who are married and right. are married for a long time. Right. People do do they, they have a rhythm? They act. They act like people who are roommates, right? Who haven't lived together very long, right? <laughs> and they just happen to be right. sharing the same space yeah. and walking in the same space. I don't know. It was it was just weird, and maybe that I don't know. Came I just you know there's stuff there's. Once the film is done and I looked back on it, or or when there were dull moments because it is over two hours long, and I'm just reflecting on it, and I think these are the characters you've introduced, in the whole thing. but in this weird way that that Nancy Myers is trying to affect like this whole women can have it all story, which which she's kind of known for doing. Her films all feel kind of the same, and I haven't seen them all, but the kind of it. Like she just peppers characters with things that don't matter or aren't needed later. Like this whole thing, this is not a big thing, but it just goes on later as it adds up. Like when Jules is so difficult to work with and so busy, but she likes to ride her bicycle. Right. The office. She never does that beyond that first scene. Right. Because you you see her sitting on it. Right. character in a shadow because they're the bad one or they all have white hats right you, you know it's just this it's lazy film yeah. to me it was lazy and then it goes back to like just kind of telling the story about her home life is kind of lazy and in ways even with her uh even with her i guess secretary or her yeah. her yeah her assistant her actual assistant right. or whatever it yeah. is that she is i liked her that i liked her too but her story like keeps building up and keeps building up until the point where she like starts crying right but then it doesn't go anywhere after that right there's the whole part where the one other interny guy was dating her yeah, and then right, right. she was mad at him and yeah. then he was Ultimately, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff around that. Yep. It feels like what Nancy Myers actually did was write a bunch of scenes, right, and then give it to somebody else and go get me from this scene to that right. scene, or right. figure out a way. Like even the part where um, they have this very scene in the hotel room when they go to yeah. go. A lot, lot of that scene I thought was pretty cool. Yep. But right. fire alarm goes off. Right. What? Right. I mean, it's like sure. it's like sure. somebody somebody else showed up and, to write right in right. the middle parts of the script where we have to get to that next scene. Right. Um, how do we get them in the same hotel room? Right. It'd be weird if she just kind of calls them up and goes over to my room. Right. right? We have to sing fire alarm. They have to go back up to their rooms. It's already late. They're in yep. robes. She goes. I want to have tea. Right. And now we're in. And right. it was weird. It was, it, it, but it's peppered with something things I like. Like I like the guy. The guy just he. It's almost like saying when he coasts through a scene that he's not even working. He's he's working. He's, he's weirdly so good. He's weirdly good in this. And, and I mean, I was actually very impressed with everything he was doing. And it's a role. 
that you think that's a easy to do anyway, right? And it's not easy to do. It's it's somehow not real impressive, or there's yeah. nothing that's about being this guy. You're not going to get the Academy Award right. for this guy being this guy, Bob, right. Nibley, oh, whatever. Right? Bob, but that scene actually, when I look back, I think one of the things that stands out and the positive for me is uh, when they meet outside. He's a right. dark one, and she asks, him, "Bring your own bathrobe?" And he goes, "Yeah." Like, don't you? Right. You know, every character moment, I I actually liked everything that scene did. And it, it's kind of a long scene. And it's a scene where she eventually, most around time, I'm not afraid of spoiling anything anymore. Eventually, a scene where she confesses this marriage trouble. To right. Him, and, and it turns out that he knows the big break for her. For me, I didn't like that scene anymore because it felt like the first take. Like, this is a woman who. Been under the stress of a golden image for a few weeks, a growing company, the strains of a CEO. I don't need to see her like pulling her own eyes out of her socket. She needs to cry instead of just kind of weep a little. Like, and it's not the it's not the amount of tears Anna Hathaway actually produces. It's just there's an emotion there that's missed from a scene that's been building right. that that I don't I didn't believe. Didn't even necessarily have to cry. At all, I think, but she should she needs to show more emotion, more emotion she, she about. More, right, excuse yeah. me, that's what I mean. She needs to show more emotion because, because in this in this whole gambit, what what even Myers if is trying, trying even if I think actually instead of doing that, like she just got more pissed. Yeah, that would still at least right. be Anything. something. There, right? there has to right uh, tears was up. There are so many other moments in the film where there are conflicts and it, it, they're like fabricated. You know, like the email, the whole computer thing. Right. Fabricated. And when there's a resolution to it, it feels like it was the most, it, it just feels like lint on your collar. Like, oh, that wasn't that big a deal anyway. Like right. there's no real sacrifice or weight to anything that's happening there, especially the big thing that comes at the end, which is, is, is her marriage going to be okay? And company going to survive right and the conclusion of both of those are so yawn making yeah you know past the they, potatoes they kind of they thing. kind they're of are and i think do and that's disappointing because they're you're you're in capable hands of two people here who can convey what you need let them do it right and you know i think uh to the very end i think and we talked about this before. I think the reason that that goes wrong for both of them is because they're trying to make you believe both of them because I think one of them goes the wrong direction. I do. And I don't think they fit together right. that both of those decisions right. go the way that they go. I think, yeah. they're, I think they're like competing. You, you've, got your, you've got Anne Hathaway basically trying to have competing points of view and come to two decisions right. that she wouldn't come to both of those decisions. Right. If she picks one – the other decision should be different. Right. Or if she picks the other one, the other decision yep. should be different. And she's trying to sell that both of those happen. And it's like, you can't do it. Well, it, it seems incapable of holding two mutually exclusive ideas in its head at one time. Right. right. She's exactly. She, it, you get to the end where all of a sudden Anne Hathaway goes, look, I'm the person. Right. Oh, and I'm this person. Right. And then you go, well, wait a minute. Yeah. And, and she can't sell it. Right. But I was going to say, uh, going back to that hotel scene, 
I really like one of the weird things that kind of surprised me a little bit that I really liked about this movie was that Robert De Niro gets to a position where he has to basically tear his soul apart trying to think of what he's supposed to do. Right. Is he supposed to tell her? Is he supposed to not tell her? He's like back and forth. I thought it was awesome that he just sat at the desk. Yeah. And just just was visibly pissed off. Right. And people were going, hey, what's wrong with you? And was actually doing it. It yeah. wasn't just because yeah. it was like in the script. Right. It could have that that whole scene could have been not scripted at all, and yeah. people didn't know they were shooting. Right. Yeah. And people would have just went up and said, "I agree, uh, Robert. What's wrong right. with you?" I mean, he looked like he was yeah. pissed off. Yeah. And he didn't have to say anything. He wasn't telling anyone anything. Yeah. And you know, then Anne Hathaway's character is like, "Is that why you haven't looked at me since since right. I came over here or right. whatever?" Right. And everyone's going, hey, man, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And it was the perfect thing. It was a perfect thing, like, when people are constantly asking you what's wrong. Right. And you just have to go away. Right, and right. It, that was, like, a great scene. Yep. But but then it keeps going on. He keeps having yeah. to struggle with it. And he has to keep being a rounder. Yep. And he has to keep uh, kind of going through this in his mind, like, what am I supposed to do? Right. And, you know, his favorite quote is, you're never wrong to do the right, right thing. Right. And he knows what he thinks is the right thing, right. but he still doesn't know if he should do it. Right. And, and it's back and forth. And then in the end, he doesn't have to. Right. I thought that was great. That was really smart because and crafty. In a, and I appreciated the hell out of it. In many other yeah. movies, finally he's going to break down right. and tell her. And then he didn't have to tell her. Right. And I thought that was really – I was completely surprised, yeah. actually, by that, that because true. I thought for sure – well, now this is the part where he's just going to like lay it on her right. and whatever, yeah, because of, yeah. he goes through all the struggle of it. You yeah. figure we got to have a payoff. For him. Right, right. Right. And, and it's fun watching him do it. Cause like, like everything you just said, I agree with that a hundred percent. That was so much fun to watch happen. And I was surprised it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to, but he's, he's resigned himself. Like you see him kind of figure it out. He's like, I'm going to tell her. And that's why I'm going on this trip with her. I just got to find the right time to tell and, her. And he knows, and then he I knows think, this is not the right time, and that's not the right time because she's got this CEO thing. That's and, then, big. and then I think it's yeah. awesome, too, that they get on the plane, yeah. and you can kind of see him go, you know, on the plane is not the time. Right. So he, he goes. he's kind of looking around a little. He's like, so he goes, this isn't it. Yeah. So then all of a sudden he just goes, yeah, let's not talk about what work. And then they, yeah. and then you just get a little montage of them like laughing about stuff right. and just having a conversation right. about uh, whatever. Yeah. And I thought that was great because you see him yeah. think that through, Yeah. even though he doesn't do anything, yep. which, you know, just adds to how, but I mean, it's not like I wasn't a Robert De Niro fan right. before. It just reinforces but it's why just, he's so it's good. It's just weird. You right. know, it's like, um, it's like such a weird non role. Yeah. To, you know, there are very few people who could be in this role and they would do anything that you would really think, wow, right. that's really impressive. Right. Because the exact things you have to do yeah. to, to, to do the role right. are just not that big a deal. And, and you even, know, even look, you got Robert De Niro in this scene, forget the taxi driver homage I threw out, you know, when, when he sees that guy, I think his name's Mike, it doesn't matter, he's the driver and he's drinking and he and he's now affectioned towards Anne Hathaway. Like he's kind of protective of her. And he goes down to confront the guy and he's like, look, tell her you're sick. I'll let you out on that. But you tell her you can't drive her or I'm going to. Right. And old 
De Niro. Like you see De Niro from Goodfellas and Raging Bull. Like you know he can be that guy, but he he refuses to. He won't be that guy. He doesn't coast on these coattails that he's established for himself. Right. He's actually just believable. And this is somebody's dad. And and he's not going to take a swing at you, but you're not going to drive her. And right. You know it. And he knows it looking at him. And I love it. I love that he's just able to do these things. Yeah. And he's counting. And he it's phone that scene in a million different ways based on who he is. Not right. the Character. But him. And the scene and is set up. He, the he scene is set it, up. You know? It's just like another one of those things where they pull the fire alarm. You know, it's another right. one of those scenes Get that thing happening. Yeah. That is just we just have to move on to him driving because right. we have other things we want to do with that. Right. It could just easily be such a complete throwaway. Yep. And the other one, very similar to that, is when he first uh, sees her husband later in the day. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And he just, and it's so, it's so well done and he doesn't do anything. Yep. All he does is stand there and look at him. Right. And right. yet it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, because he's just, he's just kind of, uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and he's yep. just giving him like the death stare from hell. The, the like. mo- we're, we're close. I don't know how much we're going to go. The movie for me works when it works absolutely based on both of them. You know, it, it's great when he's right. alone. I wasn't so interested when she was alone because obviously most of the time when she was alone, it was in scenes that I didn't believe anyway. Like right. Her husband. The, the precocious little kid is cute. You got your... Yeah. You, you need that kid. She's cute. The scenes, he, the scenes he does a him. really good job when he takes her yeah. to the thing that was great. I was that was very cool. It's it's really funny that several different times through this movie, he's right. like the biggest feminist in the he, movie. I was just going to say, he's the film's biggest advocate for her being a strong female character. And it's strange. Right. And, biggest, it's, and it's not her at all. And, it, and the biggest adversary for her being a strong female character is Nancy Myers. It's the story she decides to tell in the end. I, I, I got to tell you, I might have even rated this more than you. I might have been at eight and a half if that ending had been different. Yeah. I might have been so pleased with what I Me saw. Me too. But especially, I still think this is a film that people are going to have fun seeing. I'm not going to yeah. rag on it. I just think that my seven is, is a hard seven. Like, I'm really irritated at what they put right. out. So. And, you know, once again, it's like all we talk about is negatives and still rate it. Still, it's eight and seven. Right. <laughs> so it's, not, man, it's gonna, not like it's horrible and don't go see right. it. But, you know, I think, like, you said if they switch that ending then we get the exact same the very very end the very yeah oh then it would have been awesome yeah right then it's perfect then i i I might have given it like a nine i agree because it would have it would have been a whole other cell at the end and now is very empty is odd feeling when it could have been it should have been so much better i wonder if there's like the alternate version that would be cool yeah all right. Well, what a uh, weird movie. Yeah. You know, very totally weird. Unsurprised. No expectations. And and seven eights. Right. And could be nines. Like that's that's strange. Uh, I was I, and I totally thought it was going that way. Yeah. I thought that's what was going to happen at yeah. the end. And then all of a sudden, no. Yeah. And I went, Ooh. So right. anyway, uh, that's it for this week. And uh, next week we will be back with clearly the Martian. The Martian. Yeah. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, send us your emails and please share. Some subscribe and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Thanks. Bye.
Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. 